Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, the author of Press Into the Power. I hope you're enjoying this music that we have. Uh, This song is called Miracle from Sylvia Jones' latest music project, which is available online wherever music is sold or streamed. Or you can reach out to her on her website, www.sylviajones.com, helping you experience God's presence through contemporary worship. Listen, uh, before we get started today, I want to bring you just a quick note from our sponsor, Distinction Inc. Do you need custom t-shirts or hoodies? Look no further than Distinction Inc. From screen printing to embroidery, Distinction Inc. provides high-quality apparel and promotional items with stress-free customer service. Distinction Inc. also provides competitive pricing, especially for nonprofit organizations and churches. If you have any upcoming projects, they would love to earn your business and exceed your expectation. You can request a quote by visiting www.distinctioninc.com. Distinction Inc. We deliver results that make you say, wow. All right, let's get ready for the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun, and I pray that you are making this podcast your favorite drive time podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest, a friend of mine. We go back some 40 years. We went to high school together at the famous Northwest Catholic High School in West Hartford, Connecticut. Through that time of matriculation, I watched this young man excel in basketball as a basketball star and also in the classroom. So he was not only bouncing that ball, but he was also able to translate that into good grades. As a matter of fact, he was on honor roll most of the time there at the school and went on to go to West Point. But I want to introduce my friend, my brother, my and my colleague, Mr. Courtney Billington. He is the head of governing affairs for North America for Johnson & Johnson Corporation. Uh, welcome, my friend. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great, Derek. Thank you for having me on today. Spend some time with you. It's such an honor to be here. Um, you know, I'm an avid fan and listener of KIPP. Um, you keep me company on my drive to work and back. And so I really appreciate everything you're doing in support of giving our Lord's message uh, to us on a weekly basis to fill our spirits. So thank you. Well, thank you for for being on the show, man, and and taking the time. I know you have a very, very busy schedule, so I'm not going to hold you long today. I've got a a few questions that I'd love for our listening audience around the world to be privy to, but if you were introducing yourself today to the world, Courtney, what would you say about yourself? Who is Courtney Billington? Well, a great question. I would say husband, father of four, a man of faith, a veteran who served in the military, served in the Army. I'm a leader in my community. I'm a leader in business. I happen to be in the healthcare field. 
And lastly, I would say I'm the son of my parents. You know, I was blessed to have a father and mother who raised five children in the church with a foundation and set of values that taught us that service is one of the greatest gifts that we could have. And I, I, to this day, I remember my mom always, you know, repeating over and over, too much is given, much is required. And lastly, my dad, you know, when I was serving in the military and actually deployed during the Gulf War Operation Desert Storm, uh, my father signed up and actually purchased a billboard in downtown Hartford. And on that billboard, he had a saying there that said, if we don't, who will? And when I think about what that means and has meant to me throughout my life, uh, it has really been a guide, you know, to me uh, for how I do certain things and how, you know, trying to be a servant leader is a part of everything that I do. Wow. Say that statement again. If you don't, who will? Is that correct? If. If we don't, who will? Who will? That's a powerful statement and a a powerful declaration. I got a chance to know your dad. Your dad was a a statesman in our city. Courtney and I would probably be part of a group of folk. It was Hartford. That's not Fairfield County. That's on the the north side of Connecticut. We would probably be that group that says, does any good thing come out of Hartford? Well, I'm here sitting with one of Hartford's greatest servant leaders, Thank God for this conversation today. Courtney, I want to ask you a question that's kind of, you know, puzzled me. And I thought it would be good for people to understand. You went to West Point and then you served in the Gulf War Desert Storm, as you stated. But how did that prepare you for the rigors of corporate America? Yeah, you, you know, when you think about, first of all, the military, West Point, you're in an environment where discipline we're serving others, where you have to follow a set of rules, standard operating procedures. You have certain values that are reinforced, right? You hear, you know, in movies that you see, no man left behind, or the brotherhood and camaraderie that exists in the military. Sure. So when I think about many of those things that I learned while I was in the military, uh, I'll boil it down to three things. First, the military taught me a lot about diversity and inclusiveness. Okay. When you think about it, many of the, the demographics of those who are serving our military, you know, people are coming from all walks of life. Oftentimes they're coming right out of high school to serve. They're learning. They come from a different set of backgrounds, values, you name it. But you bring all of these people together with a common goal a common purpose, a common mission that you have to train them to be ready and willing to do what is needed at a precise point in time. And so with that, when, first of all, I think about all the different people, you know, and how do you motivate them? How do you motivate people who actually come from a background where most of their life, maybe they didn't like people who looked like you or had a background like you, and you've got to lead them, you've got to make them feel like they are a part of a team and they have each other's back. So one, I would say diversity and inclusive, right? Okay. Uh, taught me that. The second piece 
uh, that it taught me was, like I said, discipline and the need for you to be focused, for you to uh, have good plans, for you to make sure you're paying attention to detail. You know, there's this book uh, called Make Your Bed, uh, and it's written by a Navy SEAL, famous uh, admiral, but um, he talks about why the military, you know, has you focus on making your bed. The first thing you do when you get out of the, mo- you know, out of bed in the morning, you know, make your bed before you go off and do your next task. I read why that is book. Orderly, you keep them focused. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, uh, I would say, you know, that I learned was the issue of you know, building strong teams and teamwork and making sure that you can rely on others. Mm -hmm. You can't do everything yourself. You as the leader are looking to help your team, help them grow, help them be all that they can be. Then in the end, they will perform at the highest level. Your organization will perform very well. In the end, you'll be a successful person in business. So I've taken those three things, I've applied that throughout my 30-plus year career in corporate America. I've tried to replicate those things uh, throughout. So just to recap, that's diversity and inclusion, discipline, and the last one? Teamwork. Teamwork. getting Getting teams to be focused on a common mission, a common goal, a common purpose, and to be able to achieve things that maybe they didn't think they could achieve. But because you have them so focused on the purpose behind that mission and why it's so critical, you know, helping to train them at a high, high level of performance, that you you end up having people perform and do things that maybe they didn't think they were capable of doing. And like I said, I've been able to apply those same values, those same attributes uh, in the corporate sector, and it served me well. Wow. You've had a real long and arduous corporate road for 30 plus years but you've been in different divisions of Johnson and Johnson from their Met division with Ethicon in Cincinnati Ohio Ethicon endosurgery into their pharmaceutical division with Arthur McNeil and Janssen Inc in New Jersey and now you are the head of North American government affairs and I, I look at that and I say that's a lot and no one is in one corporation for 32 years without going through various trials, various tribulations, and even sometimes maybe feeling like you're not up for the task, but some kind of way you've been able to do it. So my question to you is, what were some of the obstacles, the challenges that you incurred as a black executive in corporate America? You know, I would say one of them, especially as I was coming up fairly early in my career, you know, and I'd look around, there weren't many people who looked like me, who had similar backgrounds as I did. So, you know, from the standpoint of representation uh, in the early days of the organization, it wasn't uh, very good, I would say, from the standpoint of diversity. I remember in my first four or five years, uh, within the company, we had started down the pathway of talking about teaching and understanding the value of diversity and why we needed to have greater representation. And in the training classes, they wanted to make sure that they had a certain number of women 
They had a certain number of black people, uh, Hispanic people. And I remember having to go to the courts like five or six times, not because I didn't, you know, learn or, you know, contribute during that class. It was because there weren't enough black people to have the level of representation so that they could share experiences, perspectives to help enrich the entire class, if you will, that was going through it. And so myself and other colleagues like myself had to go over and over because there just literally were not enough of us in business. Fortunately, those things have improved. You know, it's one of the reasons why I stayed with Johnson & Johnson, uh, because early on in, in the journey, they've recognized the importance uh, of diversity, and and that has been beneficial. You know, the, the other thing that I would say that's helped me through my career, especially during hard times, right, is having good sponsors and mentors who would help guide me, who gave me a shot, right, who, when I made some mistakes, they didn't necessarily hold it against me. They, they made sure I learned from the mistake and didn't create it again or or do it again, and they gave me opportunities to, to try new things, be, you know, entrepreneurial, if you will, and fortunately, those have worked out for me throughout, and then lastly, you know, I would say is my colleagues and the teams uh, that I've been a part of, you know, I've always had people who I could talk to, who also, when you think about being a man of faith, right, in a corporate environment, Sometimes you, you know, you worry that, you know, is it politically correct to talk about my faith, you know, in a corporate environment, you know, separation of church and state and all of those kinds of things. But you also, too, because of our faith, know that we need to spread the word. We need to be able to live in a way, you know, where people can see your light shine and they see that faith uh, in you that actually helps to fuel you. And I've also been able to rely on the grace of God and the Holy Spirit to get me through tough times when folks were acting kind of like, you know, where you're like, uh-oh, I don't understand. Something's got to change here. Also, my faith has really helped me to navigate through hard times uh, as well. Wow. Have you ever had to stop and just say a prayer while you were at your desk and just to get through the day, or what What are the ways that you have to activate your faith? Yeah, absolutely, uh, I have. Fortunately, you know, we've had the ability and have had an environment where other friends, you know, we get together uh, and do a prayer. We have different uh, resource groups within the company that uh, we have 12 of them within, you know, Johnson & Johnson, and these are groups. We have an African American group. We have a Hispanic group, a women's group, a veterans group. Uh, you know, with people who have a lot of common experiences and backgrounds, and oftentimes it's there with people that you know, that you trust, that have been through certain things like you've been through. That also too, you can come together, you know, and pray. Uh, you can come together and talk about things that you're dealing with and struggling with and they're able to support you. You know, lastly, I would say, you know, the pandemic, right? This most recent uh, pandemic we've all been through. You know, at that time, I was president of 
uh, Janssen Neuroscience. You know, our company focused on mental health and brain health. And during those difficult times where we didn't know what was going to happen and we saw people dying around us and we knew nothing about this virus that was going around the world. And it was there where prayer and faith really helped guide how I led that organization through a very difficult time where actually we performed at some of our highest levels of performance. And I know it was because uh, of the faith that uh, I had and others within the organization relied on to get you through. Your company was one of the leading companies, too, in terms of providing a vaccination. Yeah, yeah a vaccination for the virus. And uh, I remember us having conversations during that time. It was tough. It was It was a tough time, and there were a lot of moral issues that, were surrounding the vaccination and but you guys did what you did for the good of the world and it is appreciated in that light well and you know and to your point i mean if i think about it as you just mentioned you know as we got together and you know a group of us uh six of us from our high school class our high school graduating class during the pandemic we committed to meet with each other on a monthly basis via Zoom, uh, doing, you know, getting together, starting out first with a prayer, a fellowship hour, talking to each other, supporting each other up and down. You don't know how much that blessed me, my family, helped me in so many different ways. I look forward to that time uh, for us to be together. So, perfect example how did I deal with certain obstacles and challenges it was having you know our fraternity uh, brothers get together and support each other no judgment and just thinking of ways that we could help each other and and that's a beautiful thing yeah and I remember those those are those were good days and we're still doing it to this day and uh, just trying to help people is that's I mean that's the bottom line the only legacy you can leave in the earth is not how much you gained it's not what you did is who have you helped who have you served who have you loved who have you prayed for who have you prayed with those are, are definitely indelible marks in my life as well courtney the time that our frat meets and even continue to meet to this day if i could just add one other final point sure um you know when you when you think about because we've talked a lot about service and serving. From my perspective, service is a gift. You know, my wife and I, Lisa and I, we've been married 36 years, and, you know, we have four beautiful children. We have tried to raise children who are givers. We want to inspire them to be givers, not takers. We want them to understand, and we've seen ourselves that, you know, through the gift of giving, the rewards that you get in return are immeasurable. They're not material uh, oftentimes, but they are blessings. They're nourishment to your soul. And so, you know, when I just think about that and some of the things, again, that we do together collectively within our, our fraternity group, you know, the scholarships we provide, um, you know, those things are such blessings uh, for us. And, to get back to, you know, the words from my parents, right? 
Yeah. Much is required. If we don't, who will? So that inspiration lives with me today. Man, it's it's been an honor just to have you on the show. I'm I'm not going to ask any more questions. I started to ask you some more questions. I I love what you're doing with the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, developing a health initiative, a world health initiative, particularly for black and brown people around the world. That's a, a tremendous effort, and I'm glad that that foundation of the Congressional Black Caucus is also supporting that effort. And then Johnson & Johnson is also investing in that effort to make sure that people get effective health care in their home state of New Jersey. So these are these are critical times, man, and, and I'm glad that you're on the front line leading the effort to make sure that people are supported properly, people are informed properly, and that the resources are available to help them become and live a better standard of life. Well, thank you. You know, I certainly am very, very proud of the fact that I'm able to do that uh, and be a part of it. You know, I, too, applaud you for you being on the front line because, again, you're, you're giving us that uh, enrichment. You know, you're bringing the word to us uh, that helps us get through these obstacles and many things that you've asked me about. And so with that, uh, I'm grateful for you and what you do each and every day, because I know oftentimes, too, you know, with that leadership that you provide comes at tremendous sacrifice. And so I thank you for that. And thank you for the inspiration that you do for all of us. Court, if you had to leave your uh, this listening audience with one uh, thing that you would want them to know or one thing that you want them to do, you know, this uh podcast is all about influencing the nations what would you tell them i would tell them to one you know hopefully you have a relationship with god and that you've been saved and as a result of having that relationship with god you are going to find your purpose right and god has given each of us a, a purpose and he builds us up with you know the grace that he's provided the holy spirit that he gives us to be with us day in, day out. And, you know, fortunately for me, I feel that I'm able to live out my purpose each and every day. I've been richly blessed in so many ways. And like I said, it's not material when I use these words. It's it's on a, such a different spiritual foundation to my life. And so my hope is that others have that same type of blessing uh, and when you get to know the Lord, you will be able to get that. Amen. Amen. Well, Courtney, again, I want to thank you for being on the show, taking the time. If you would like to reach out to Courtney, I'm sure you could go to LinkedIn and you can comment and he'll get back with you. Uh, that would probably be the best way for them to reach you if they wanted to talk to you, Court. Yes. And uh, that's uh, Courtney Billington at LinkedIn. And so... It's, again, great having you on the show. Look forward to getting in another round of golf, having some more fellowship soon. Uh, likewise. And we won't talk about who won the last golf game. No, we're not going to talk about that. Not on, not, on, not on live air. No, but I'm sure they can understand by my commentary who won. So. <laughs> but at any rate, I'm going to close and just want to tell all of you thanks for listening today. 
You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I am your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Make sure you go forth and influence the nations. God bless.